what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Hope you are doing fantastic. Your 2024 is off to a great start and you're building momentum into the new year with your initiatives, your activities, your priorities, your mindset, your identity, all of that balled up into one serious, committed, unstoppable mortgage professional. That's what I hope you get out of listening to these episodes and tuning in every single week. Thank you for doing so. Before we get into this week's episode, of course, I'm bringing to you another success story from one of our brand new members in my agent classes. In case you didn't know, what we do at my agent classes is help originators move up the pyramid from the bottom of the pyramid as a solicitor and a vendor to a partner and a peer. We help you get more agent engagement and conversation without chasing but attracting agents to want to do business with you and increasing your referrals almost, I dare say, on demand. We do that by leading with education, content, and classes in our local market, in person, over Zoom, over social media, and we help you build your personal brand that attracts high-quality agents that you choose who you want to work with versus having to chase and put up with annoying little weenie head agents. You're in control of your business. You get what you tolerate. Let me tell you about a recent success story. I just this morning, we did our Friday mastermind call where every Friday we get, get together with originators from around the country and we do best practices, right? We share about what's working. We have an agenda for accountability for activities and you uh, will come to these calls should you be, decide to become a member and you will get inspired, informed, educated, and you will become a better mortgage professional across the board in all categories. How do I know? Well, because today, one of our brand new members taught his very first class to real estate agents. Spencer, what's up? If you're out there, shout out to you, Spencer. Spencer taught his very first class. Uh, and I think I, he might've been with us for about five weeks now, if I remember. But anyway, bottom line is this is his very first class. He gets two referrals and not just crappy garbage referrals, actually high quality, approved, ready to go buy and shop referrals. Why? Because he showed up and changed the narrative. He changed the positioning and the perception that most agents have when it comes to their their opinion, perception of right the, the loan officer population at large. Now, look at on this morning's uh, uh, mastermind call with our members, we talked about real estate agents. We talked about the necessary evil that some originators feel about real estate agents. We talked about, hey, you know what? You probably don't like agents. And I get it. And then Travis on our call said, you know what? I don't like agents either. And actually he rephrased it. He said, you know what? Actually, that's not true. In his 23 years of business, he's worked with a lot of agents he didn't like. What he did was he made the shift a couple of years ago to start to change the game and only work with the agents that he had a connection and a synergy with and that were quality agents who worked on his terms and believed in his value proposition. That's when your business becomes fun, enjoyable, and you actually look forward to taking those calls. You look forward to those meetings and you are actually motivated to go out there and just crush it. So Spencer, right, literally a month or so in, steps steps out, does his first class, gets, I forget how many agents, 10, 12, 20 agents in the room, whatever it was, the number doesn't matter. But he got two referrals instantly after the class. No ad spend, no cost, no chasing. Everybody came to him. He simply learned a proven process and repeated it. Does this sound like something you'd be interested in learning more about? Here's how you can take action now and book a call with me. Go to mortgagemarketing.pro, schedule a time on my calendar. We'll have a chat. We'll see if we are right for each other. No harm, no foul. We are not right for everybody. Maybe we're right for you. If you're coachable, if you're open-minded, if you're willing to work and follow a plan, 
go to mortgagemarketing.pro, book a call. All right, my special guest this week, bringing back a friend of mine for a number of years now, who was originally on episode number 84 with me. And now I'm on episode, what is this, 315 or something like that? So it's been a minute. But today I'm having an amazing conversation with Travis Tom. Who is Travis Tom, you ask? Well, first of all, he's just a great guy. But secondly, Travis is among the best, most knowledgeable, most experienced, and well-informed and successful ad experts when it comes to running paid ads, generating quality leads, and building out a process that helps some of the largest brokerages, teams, and agents in the country successfully run paid ads on Meta. Meta, of course, being Facebook and Instagram. And with the uh, evolution of AI now being incorporated into ads and strategies and automation, um, uh, Travis is, of course, showing up now with some amazing knowledge and expertise on the current state of that uh, and different ways in, in which you can use AI to integrate into your overall advertising strategy and also what's coming. Now, what's great about this conversation is, hey, if you've ever been curious about what really works with, with running ads, paid traffic, right, on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, um, this is a conversation for you to listen to because I'm looking down at my page here of show no of notes, and I've got an entire page where we talk about dynamic ad creative. We're talking about you know the top ads to run, a list of homes uh, to ads to run, seller guide ads, um, you know the Facebook lead ad forms versus directing people to landing pages. Uh, we definitely have a pretty deep chat about AI and the impact of AI in the overall you know kind of personal brand. Um, strategy. We talk about Facebook's dynamic ad creative and just really a wonderful, right, crash course in everything about running ads on Meta and some best practices for you to make sure you get in line and start implementing if you're ever going to consider running ads or if you already are doing them. These will be some great take home lessons uh, for you to apply in your business. And there's going to be links in the show notes to everything we talk about, particularly uh, Travis's uh, new educational platform called elevatedremtraining.com. Link it up in the show notes, elevatedremtraining.com. And that's where Travis is building this community uh, where he's going to continue uh, his knowledge and education uh, to help people master right? Facebook marketing and learn how to leverage AI to win more clients and close more homes. I suggest you check it out. I'm going to be in there as well. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Travis, welcome back to the show. Jeff, hey, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, man, it's been a minute, right? I was doing some research uh, leading up to this session and um, you were on episode number 84. And now uh, do a quick look here. Just uh, I'm on episode 312. So it's been a minute. <laughs> it has. Congrats. That's a, lot, that's a lot more episodes. Yeah. So you, uh, before we get into the content, why don't you explain for the listeners, who are you and what do you do? Absolutely. Um, I'm Travis Tom. I'm a Facebook marketing strategist and um, AI marketing strategist as well. I, I run ad campaigns all over the world for a lot of the uh, top teams, some of the, the national franchises uh, all across North America for some of the, the bigger teams and um, work uh, directly with Facebook. I've advised Facebook on their Facebook advisory board, been a consultant to them, managed millions of dollars in uh, different types of um, ad campaigns across Facebook and Instagram underneath the, uh, the meta ecosphere. And then uh, built a software that does some powerful stuff as well and enjoy coaching and training agents on really how to best leverage different types of marketing tools to get the biggest bang for their buck. Yeah. Awesome. And I've been in your world you know, for, as you know, since, since, uh, you know, we talked about that podcast for a number of years and when it comes to, and, and, you know, you know, me, 
Um, this is no smoke. There's no sponsor sponsorship here, but I have to say, especially when I was, um, really double clicking on my Facebook ad knowledge, like you're on that short list specifically because, you know, you're obviously well immersed in real estate, having been in real estate brokerage and sales, right. Or years ago. So you, you, you intimately understand the frame of real estate when it comes to Facebook ads. And I think that's why so many of the like top producers, top brokers and stuff call on you. So uh, if that's okay, I will give you that uh, accolade. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, I, I grew up in real estate, as, yeah. uh, as you mentioned. And so for me, it was, um, you know, you, you typically work with those that have been in that position before where they've had that vast experience, ups and downs and you know, the failures and wins. Um, and, and for me, it was this understanding of how to actually apply Facebook advertising and AI marketing to real estate because I really would have loved to have someone like me as a mentor mm. or someone just to watch from afar to be able to tap into and say, all right, you know, I'm having issues with my current real estate brokers, my team, whatever it is and, and marketing and how do I, what tools do I use for the best kind of lead generation and what should I do for, for this to save money and costs. And um, so I, I, I'd like to come across as uh, the future version of myself mentoring myself AI <laughs> version of yourself AI <laughs> version of myself yeah i'll go back in in time and, and give myself a leg up if i can yeah all right that's that's good let's let's um pick up where you know the conversation you and i kind of messaged each other uh a week ago or whatever that was um there's a lot of changes uh, let's let's start there since you were last on the show right that's a couple hundred ish episodes ago that's at least three maybe four years ago um what do you see as the big headlines that's changed when it comes to uh, advertising on Facebook and Instagram, for example? There's, there's a few things. Um, you know, the past few years, there's been some sweeping changes inside of, of Meta where they have really changed the algorithm to focus on ad creative and, and specifically in terms of targeting, where they have machine learning and artificial intelligence they've been developing for years and years and years. Before OpenAI and ChatGPT came out, Facebook you know, has had you know, a swath of uh, AI engineers really focused on, we've got a massive amount of data. How do we leverage it? And with the post iOS 14 of you know, removing certain types of access to um, data that they can they can get access to. They really have to work with the data that they currently have. And with that, they've been able to say, hey, targeting, we're going to remove targeting interests and change the, well, not remove all of them, remove it. You know, they've removed almost 10,000 different targeting interests over the past, I'd say, six years, where um, to the point where it's ineffective to actually use targeting interest to, to some extent as just one method in a campaign, right? So for example, if you're going to create a campaign, you don't have one image, right? You know, one photo with one piece of ad creative and then one targeting um, ad set where you say, I'm going to target people that are interested in Zillow, Google.com and on the mortgage calculators, and then just let it run. Um, that is, is set up for disaster. So Facebook has really deployed different tools like dynamic creative, which is allowing you to be able to have a campaign that has 10 different images or 10 different video, basically 10 different pieces of ad creative in your campaign. 
and then five different pieces of ad copy, five different headlines, five different call to actions. And that optimizes where it can just basically have a mashup of these different pieces of ad creative and, and ad copy that optimizes itself to say, which one of these is getting the most engagement um, and the most uh, clicks and the most leads uh, for this, this audience. And then that's allowing you to be able to have a targeting uh, set up where you might have broad targeting or open targeting, where there may not be any actual interest, what we call micro-targeting typed in there. It's just geolocation, 15-mile radius as the default, right? especially that housing category. Mm-hmm. And you're letting it run. And you then create maybe another secondary ad set where you have maybe a sprinkle of, of micro-interests to be able to then let the algorithm and Facebook's machine learning say, hey, we're going to make decisions for you. We're going to shift the budget around for you to the different placements based on where we see the most amount of, of uh, people are on the platform and placements. And then using all of these images, the more data we have, the better decisions we can make on who to serve the ad to. So that's one of the biggest changes is that it's I mean, really people get caught up in what's the best targeting, things like that. Well, your, your ad creative is creating the actual targeting now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really leading it. So the things that people really need to focus and be concerned about is strategy mm-hmm. and ad creative. All right. So I'm glad we, we're breaking this up because I wanted to go deeper on ad creative, but before we do, let's take the first step, which is strategy. You've worked with a lot of real estate agents, mortgage professionals, right? Um, what would be your quick, uh, course correction. I was going to ask you what they, what do you see that they do wrong, but, but, but perhaps it's better to see what are the best practices when it comes to strategy? Best practices is really understanding um, what is the absolute goal in mind for your, your prospective buyer or seller or, or client, whatever it is. You, the, you know, what is the highest intent that they want? The closest um, step that they need to be able to get in. And, and so the original intent of thought, right? Which is oh, most here's uh, this is interesting. You didn't say what's most important for the person running the ad, right? right. You said for the actual person, right? <laughs> right? Which is, right. is that, that, that sounds completely the opposite of the most of the people I talk to about running ads, right? Their intention is they want to get a lead. They want to make a sale, right? right. So right. we need to change that mindset. We need to change the mindset because we, we if, if we look at it through that lens, then um, it, it's definitely one-sided where, mm. where you know, we're creating campaigns that we believe are, are just, uh, well, it, it's I mean, not necessarily just one-sided, but a, a slightly delusional to where <laughs> if, if we're creating something we think is going to work just because we're designing it for yeah. uh, you know what we believe is truly going to serve us in, in our best interests when if we think about who's a consumer and what are their needs and what do they what do they want and how are we solving that right how are we filling up that opportunity uh whatever questions they have that is going to create the win for us so most people right you know, the, the key thing from a psychological level a very property centric type of campaign yes. where they want to see the properties they want to see photos right first and then pricing and details and kind of the the hierarchy of of uh, information that they want to digest right. so a lot of people i think get too wrapped up in well 
you know, they've got a very strategic, big funnel campaign that's, you know, multiple steps. And I used to build those really large campaigns back in the day. Um, when, and, and those used to work, but now it's really being able to, how do we just shorten the opportunity to give them something? So for instance, a list of homes, right? That's one of probably the easiest campaigns. To and that create. still works. And it still works. And, and, and what the reason why it works, why it works really well is, People, they, they, they see an ad that says, you know, see all the homes price for sale under uh, $800,000 in um, the North Valley, right? Mm-hmm. You know, click here to see all the photos and details today. And it's a, it's, a, it's a list of beautiful homes in that specific area that, that they probably want to take a look in. They click mm-hmm. on it, fill out the lead ad form, give their information, and they end up on a property search IDX and they start to kind of go through. It's an instant gratification. It's an instant win where you get the leads information and that person is now then on your website and, and you delivered what you promised, right? There's no games. There's no waiting. It's, it's that dopamine level hit and they're looking at everything and they're, you know, checking out uh, properties. Um, I don't think that'll re- that kind of ad campaign will really ever go away hmm. uh, be- because there's always a roller coaster ups and downs of inventory. Right. And, and so if you give people the opportunity to, to look at some properties that they may not have seen before, you know, and a lot of people, I've, I've talked to people, they say, well, you know, if they want to know and see properties that go on, on Zillow.com, not everyone is, is taking that initiative and step in, unless you remind them of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So giving them something that they want, that's the first thing. That's kind of like a no games, you know, uh, type of, we're not building any type of, uh, high things that got to jump through. That's right. a lot of leads that come through there. Um, second from that, there's a lot of confusion in the market currently for sellers, right? Nice. I buyer programs, you know, interest rates, bridge loans, different, you know, what's going on with today's market. What can I do? What can I get? Um, it's not as black and white as it used to be several years ago. So right. offering a seller guide mm. that is really talking to the mindset psychology of, of most sellers, which is they're a little overwhelmed mm-hmm. with, with, with everything they've heard in the news and they're overwhelmed with, you know, what do they need to do and how do I get the best price and where am I going to find a home? So writing ad copy that focuses on, are you overwhelmed by the thought of selling your home and giving them a guide that really breaks down, you know, what are the key things they need to do? So that right there, seller guides are working really well for sort of lead generation, right? And bringing those those folks in. The let, let me interrupt for a second, if you don't mind. A, a couple of questions in here, because um, as you're talking, I'm pulling up some some Facebook ads and I'm thinking about questions. Um, okay, so the seller guides. Interestingly enough, that's also one of those oldies but goodies has been around a long, long time, right? Yeah. I'm curious, maybe this is just my cynicism as a consumer, having been burnt many times with opting into leads, lead ads. Um, apparently, there's still people that are willing to opt in, but, it, but it, it, with a seller guide, because isn't part of the narrative that the people that are you know clicking on that ad or whatever are saying them to themselves, I know this is going to go into a funnel, like, you know, I'm going to get a bunch of, right? I mean, how do you deal with that? Um. It, less than you, you'd think. There, there's so it, it used to be where you know home value ads, mm-hmm. which you know back in the day, 
almost 10 years ago, I, I had a, a full home valuation landing page company where we, you know, we built thousands yeah. and thousands of those. And um, I was part of the guilty party that would saturate the, the, the market and basically destroyed the value <laughs> of home value ads um, because there was too many, right? And, and yeah. the consumer caught on real quick. And then they started to really kind of fail because people would click on a home valuation ad, go to the landing page. They go, oh, I don't want to fill that out. And then they leave. I'll just go to Zillow to look at the value anyways. Right. Just go to Zillow. I'll go, I'll go somewhere else. I don't want to go through these, these steps. Yeah. And that information became um, widely available through different various sources and, and you really only solved kind of one itch, one, one curiosity. Um, fear and pain is a whole different perspective, right? Fear and pain are one of the biggest drivers of creating engagement and, and getting people to take action. And so without being manipulative, but still being able to leverage that as a, a resource, you need to be able to tap into people's fear and pain, which is, you know, where are their pain points currently and then identifying that. And so for sellers, it can be done in multiple different ways. Um, you know, those seller guides and there's multiple different types of seller guides that you can create, but for a lot of them that are opting in for that, you, you really want to give them enough valuable information to where you are the educational resource and it's not salesy. It, it's, it's something that gives them peace of mind and trust and the ones that are opting in are typically much higher intent because hmm. they know that they're opting into something. Yeah, they're willing to do it anyways. They're willing to do it. They're willing to do it anyways. Hmm. And I feel like there's been a lot of misinformation and just a lot of bad information where you also have, I mean, 73% of homeowners said that they would list their home with an agent that uses video. And, but you have uh, only 15% of real estate agents in, in the United States actually doing and creating videos. You got 85% of those that are not creating video that are still doing transactions. And you got 15% that are. And out of those 15%, how many of them are actually talking directly to the consumer and not creating videos on, look what I just sold? Right. Are you saying if you're going to, let's take that example of seller guides, you know, for example, um, that putting a video with that ad would help? Putting, putting a video with that ad and then talking, and what that does is that one instantly lets them know, hey, I am a real estate agent. I'm in this business, right? Or I'm a loan officer, whatever it is. You're identifying yourself and you're, you're already disqualifying that prospect before they can qualify you because you're basically putting it out there right in front, right? No bait and switch type of, of you know, kind of campaign. You're showing in, you know, in this guide that I wrote, you're going to learn these top five things, right? right. Okay. Um, so there's, I, I think, being more front and center and letting people know who's behind those ads is definitely going to be a, a big uh, so what you're saying is like what I envision I've seen in the past is you've got these unbranded seller guides, right? With a logo, but there's no agent. It's like, a, you know, a generic name or whatever. And there's no association to a real human. Right. Right. Okay. I, in, in what we're seeing, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of faceless brands out yeah. there. Right. And, you know, one of my big predictions for, for 2024 and, and, and moving forward is, is really, 
you know, defining personal brands where, where you have, if you look at the TikTokification of the world, I mean, TikTok definitely brought this home where you, in, on Instagram, you have, you had influencers, mm-hmm. right? People that had, you know, 50,000, 100,000, 50 people, you know, followers. Um, and in a, in that really is kind of eroded and is going away very, very quickly. Um, and then while on TikTok, you saw the rise of content creators and content creators being someone that doesn't maybe have, maybe they have got, you know, 27 people that follow them, right. Or maybe only, you know, 200 people that follow them. And then they're really concerned about followers. They're, they're focused on, Hey, I create content and I create it on my phone and I'm really good at editing and I'm authentic and I know how to start with a good hook and I can pull people in and I create content for other companies, right? Not an influencer, but a content creator that can actually create content for the companies and those companies and use that content, that video content as advertising. Hmm. And so we're going to see more of, of that. That's more acceptable. And a lot of people are, um, uh, you know, basically, that has a higher level of trust association with it versus an influencer. So uh, if, if you look at what's going to start to happen with a lot of these different companies, um, not just in real estate, but all over, is they're training some of their employees and staff on how to get on camera and how to be a content creator to create content for the company, not necessarily being the voice and brand or one voice and brand as, as leadership, but having it be multiple different voices that are actually content creators. So in the real estate world, that is helping to create opportunities where these faceless teams or, or companies, because there's companies that I've, I've you know, had clients and companies auction in, in my local market area. I have no idea who the team leader is, right? who the main agent is. I just see their signs and it's, you know, I've seen the name again and again, but I never see them on social. Right. I never seen them. So it's a little bit of a faceless brand, but the ones that I do recognize that I connect with and engage with are on social media, creating content. And then I see their signs and I refer people to them. And it's a, it's a much more impactful uh, way of doing business and it really amplifies their, their presence and omnipresence. So short form video content creation for brands right? Four teams, and it could be the agent, the team leader, it could be someone they hire out that is actively creating content for mm. that brand. Ideally, it's going to be the specific person, right? Okay. It's going to be the camera and being That's the, the question. That's the question I wanted to get to was how important it is to have an actual face of a human being there, right? I, I, you know, with the, in, in, in this, it's, this all kind of gets kind of blurry with the rise of, of artificial intelligence, because you're going to have a, a, an enormous amount of content being pushed out, some of it, which is just kind of fluff and garbage, right, right? from the text generative AI. Right. Point, you know, blogs and emails. It's kind of just, we already have enough of that in real estate where it's just a lot of noise. noise. Exactly. Noise. And, and then those that actually show up on video and provide educational value and are, are thought leadership and, and demystifying everything, those are the ones that are going to rise to the top. But alongside that is AI video creation. Where, you know, and I did this a couple months back where I created an AI avatar of myself talking about Einstein's theory of relativity, and which I know nothing about. 
I've never even read it, but you know, respect the guy. But you don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to. And it was just, it was this background. It was, it was looked just like me. And, and I mean, it was me and people, and I posted it. People could not tell it, really? it was me. What or, did you use to, to create that? Cause some of the, some of them still look a little, you know? Yeah. Rich. Right. Look a little, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Heijin. H-E-Y-G-E-N. Heijin. And Heijin allows you to upload a two minute video of yourself. And it, has, it takes all the inflections and the ahs and ums and, and hand movements, you know, like, like I do. And it learns very quickly from that. And then right. within about five minutes, you can upload a script and then choose your avatar. And it will then build out a video of, of you doing that. So there's, there's pros and cons. And this is where I think it's blurry is that you can have content creation of you. And if you wanted to then say, you know, because we're all busy, um, you know, we all have, have crazy lives. We want to be able to actually say, how can I get and maximize the most out of artificial intelligence without a large amount of energy output mm-hmm. and, and, and having it being a time, you know, suck, right? And, and so you can create, you know, one video avatar, go into chat GBT and say, you know, create... Uh, 30 uh, engaging real estate topics for me to create videos about. Boom, creates those videos. All right, now give me a 60-second video script uh, about each you know, specific topic. Drop those in, take those, copy those, put those into Hagen for your uh, avatar, have it publish, and now you have that. You know, Turn it into vertical format and then uh, use something like repurpose.io where it's connected to your TikTok or your Instagram, post it once, and then it shows up on YouTube Shorts and Reels and everywhere else. And now you've got this machine that is creating content where you created one video, but you're just creating scripts and it's reading it for you. That's one opportunity and suggestion. Um, I, I do. I don't think that's a full replacement, though. It's, it's something that you also need to be uh, creating different real authentic videos where you show up on camera and actually, you know, present you yourself. Explain what do you mean when you say you don't think it's a forward placement? Um, it's not something that you, that I would suggest you fully uh, just only do that, 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 right. that, okay. right, that it's that and nothing, nothing, nothing else. I think what I understood you to say by that is like my first engagement with you, hopefully is something of actual real human. Right. right, which is less produced. Maybe it's not the greatest to the TikTok effect, right? Like, and as a matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you was it you who posted. I can't remember. Somebody posted that stat about the most viewed short videos were mm-hmm. the least produced. It wasn't about the music background. It wasn't about the latest trending. Right. It was like the most authentic. Really. Right. Yes. Yep. And and, and I think there's been there's been this the pendulum has swung greatly because you yeah. would have Instagram where it was these, you super know, polished. Yeah, yeah, super polished. You know, model on a beach in Tahiti, right? You know, <laughs> talking about you know the, the you know the top five things I love about traveling through Tahiti, and so like, like you know, I, I I'm never gonna go to Tahiti. I'm, I'm too busy. You know, <laughs> I've got two little girls I'm watching it because it looks amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? I've got a, you know, I've got a family. We're doing different things. We're traveling, but you know, I'm not gonna take screaming children. You know, thirty right. hours in Tahiti. Right. Um, so that you know. It, that is unrealistic and unattainable for you know the vast majority of, mm-hmm. of people on there. It might be some mind floss, but that's not somebody probably going to take um, advice from. Yeah, 
Right. And, and I think we saw a lot of that start to happen in real estate where there was like really super polished yeah. and you've got these, you know, high production value. Yeah. High production value, you know, and, you know, let's walk through this, you know, $14 million, right. you know, home in, in Malibu right. where, you know, that's great, but does it talk to your everyday transaction? Right. And, and that's, you know, it's some beautiful content, but is it really going to, maybe it might pull one, you know, $8 million or $4 million buyer, you know, a couple of months later, but the vast majority of it is it's really not authentic. And so if we look at where then things have gone, which is, you know, lo-fi video, which has a higher level of trust and, and there's been lots of research and documentation on that. So lo-fi mm-hmm. video, vertical format, mm-hmm. um, and typically starting off with some sort of hook. It doesn't always have to be, but the first three to five seconds are the most engaging, right? You really want to pull people in. So there's, you know, there's a lot of video content that can be done where you can build a personal brand just from a handful of videos that you would then take and this is what I call the perfect funnel type of situation, which is one, you have a brand awareness video that you're running to your local market area and you're racking up, you know, 30,000, 80,000 views, right? Over a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to retarget them with a series of other videos that you have, right? And really it's, that's part of demand generation. Which is, that, is, is that top of funnel you consider? I would consider that that top of funnel demand generation mm-hmm. where demand generation is, is really more but you're building demand based on uh, ed- education value right and yep. being omnipresent and then from there retargeting them with a sequence of more video where you continue to stay in front of them and and now it's it's just you're, you know you are uh top of their mind you're kind of ingrained and in, and you know some of the content and then from there running uh, same kind of similar video content to your sphere of influence and staying in front of them, which a lot of people I think really neglect on yeah. a social level. They may go heavy on print or Popeyes or some of those things. Right. But some of the biggest successes you can find is really just staying evergreen present in front of your sphere of influence and database on, on social media. All right. Let me, let me break this down with my, uh, layman's understanding comparatively to you in terms of what this might look like in Facebook. Uh, so let's just call it top of funnel demand gen. That's the branding videos, right? Which is maybe stories, success stories. Hey, here's why I love real estate. If I'm, if is that tracking correctly so far, maybe some, you know, showcasing listings. Is that all relevant? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, so showcasing them. There's, there's several different topics I would, I would dive, dive into, but yeah, demystifying, you know, uh, sure, like today's market challenges, right? Right. right. I, it, you that and, and you know ultimately the common if you look at the common questions, mm-hmm. you do like a, a Google search or go to SEM Rush, uh-huh. look at the key search words, which is things like, um, what you know, what does X salary afford me for a home? Uh-huh. I, you know, okay. what, what, what can I what can I afford or how much down payment do I need? And so if you can have a you know your MLS. Uh, property search as a green screen in your background and the screen right. screen tools on your phone, right? You know, like, right. you know, um, hey, let's break down, you know, or here's what you can buy for $800,000 in, you okay. know, sure. right? So those videos work. 
you know, th- those, right. Or how much do you actually, you know, for a loan officer, how much do you need to make to be able to you know, afford a half million dollar home? Let's break it down. You know, this, 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 you know, so there's that type of ungated demystifying that kind of content versus where those could typically be a lead generation ad, mm-hmm. right? What's you know you would you would have as like a, a you know faceless brand you know type of ad where you know, how much can I afford to get this, which still can work, but you're building a personal brand up front, mm-hmm. and then teaching and educating and, and building authority with right. unneeded type of content where you're actually stating like this is how, this is what you need to make to buy this you know this this home you know doing it all in like a, a one minute you know one minute 30 second kind of video um or here's all the homes you can buy for x amount next in x area that's going definitely to attract and engage a lot more conversations and you can still do both lead generation and that but those position you in, in a way where it really builds a lot more brand authority and personal brand so I want to take this through these steps and kind of put a put a bow on it for everybody listening who want to you know be completion oriented. Um, so we've gone I think for the first two stages right was the branding video and then the more video uh, multiple video steps or sequences. So I'm just I'm, I'm visualizing this is happening in Meta right Facebook or Instagram somewhere we're running these ads. Uh, and then you mentioned so, a sphere of influence. Would sphere of influence in terms of those ads videos content be achieved through like custom audiences, for example? Yes. Okay. So we take our past client database or whatever it is. And some, some people have some type of connection or awareness to us already, which is also people have already watched our videos on right. Facebook, retargeting them as well. All right. Correct. All right. So let me, uh, and I'm just like, it's impossible to pack everything into one session, but if you were to give that as a blueprint to somebody yeah. and that's the sequence or series of videos without getting into frequency or things like that, and then this might not be a fair question to you. What would you say, look, for you to really get an ROI on this or return on ad spend, um, what do you what do you typically see the monthly investment should be from an ad spend standpoint on that? Typically around uh, $500 a month. You know, okay. uh, with brand awareness video campaigns, you don't really need to spend a lot to get in front of a lot of people. I would say seven to $10 a day baseline brand awareness objective where it's focused on reach. It's not really going to get any clicks. It's not going to get any comments, but it's going to just saturate that audience. It's going to get in front of a ton of people and have a high frequency. And it's going to show the video again and again to them. That's going to be more like seven to $10 a day where within a 60 day time frame, you'll probably, you know, reach uh, you know, 70 to 80,000 people. Well, who knows? It varies, obviously, based on. It, it varies, but from, from a, you know, historical data, like on a nationals, you know, average. Well, what if I'm in friggin' Fargo, North Dakota? Am I going to reach us? <laughs> you'll, you'll need to increase the radius a, a bit um, <laughs> to get in front of more, more people. But um, but on, on an average scale, you know, 10, seven to $10 a day brand awareness will get okay. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, then from a retargeting sequence standpoint, you can still, you know, do, I would say a minimum of around five to dollars a day, uh, also using either engagement objective or, or brand awareness where you have videos that are getting in front of a smaller custom audience, like your sphere of influence and people have been engaged with your past videos and, and uh, you know, your past leads. What's the objective on retargeting? 
Uh, so you can use any of the objectives, but from a video perspective, oh, to use okay. video as as retargeting to, mm -hmm. to show a video to people as a custom audience or people that watched your previous videos. Um, the biggest you know ones are going to be uh, either brand awareness, engagement, or um, traffic. Now, traffic is engineered to where it's going to get people to click on the ad and go to your, to your website. It's going to get clicks. Yeah. Um, but with most video type of campaigns, your sole objective really is you, your goal is you want people to see it, you want them to see it uh, multiple times, and then you, you want them to actually watch it, not to see it, but, but watch it. So that's going to be brand awareness and engagement because those are more engineered in the algorithm and the ad auction to define that role. So listeners, you just got a free clinic in how to run a Facebook ad campaign strategy and budget ad spend and all that. So thank you. Uh, and if, by the way, uh, in a moment, well, actually right now, so before we run out of time, I want to make sure people who want to connect with you more, you've got this pretty cool... Uh, training, platform, education. And if you've listened by now, you get a sense of Travis knows what he's talking about. Um, go ahead and give us that URL again. So people are listening who want to follow you and check out more. What is that again? Absolutely. It's elevatedremtraining.com. And so yeah, elevatedremtraining.com. Okay. And that's uh, AI, uh, marketing, coaching, Facebook, Instagram, marketing, uh, yeah. training. we got support and videos and, and we, you know, show you all the strategies to leverage. And, and as I tell people often, I'm not getting anything for this other than I bring people to these calls that I think, you know, are doing quality work and have the right heart, if you will, not to sound cheesy, but, uh, you know, that are really in it for the right reasons. So we'll put links in the show note to that elevated training.com. Before we run out of time, I'm going to go a little bit rapid fire, if that's okay. Please. All right. So, and these are just some notes I've written down since we were started talking. Um, I'm trying to think, how should I do this moving forward? Uh, what is the thing Gary V does? Does he do uh, underrated, overrated? Okay. So let's try that. Okay. Um, CMA ads, underrated or overrated? Oof. Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I feel, I feel like they, you just, you get a lot of, of clicks mm -hmm. with very little conversion rate on them. Um, I feel like there's a different top of funnel strategy you can leverage. For instance, the list of homes kind of, kind of ad campaign where, uh, well, the CMA ones are also, I think that's, you're talking to people that are in the midst of trying to figure out evaluation right before they list their house, but they probably have already talked to a realtor and, and met with people. So there's a high level of competition to deal with right, right then and there. And that goes when, back to my funnel question of like, I can just go to Zillow, man. Like I don't need to opt into right. a funnel. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, then there's, yeah, there's opportunity to cast doubt, right? So that might be a part of it. But if you fish upstream, uh -huh. where you're running an ad for a list of homes, which is, which is thought of as primarily a buyer lead generation type of ad, you have sellers that are, are, are homeowners, where they're, they're going to become sellers that are homeowners first. That, sorry, they're homeowners that want to sell, but they're buyers first, sellers second. With that kind of kind of mindset, right? They, they want to pin down as a homeowner. Where am I going to move to? Is that the right school district? We're going to get ready to sell our home in the next three months. Here, I want to identify you know price ranges, who we're competing with. But oh, I saw a home, a list of homes on Facebook. I'm going to click on that. 
And I'm going to look at the homes because you know, we also were buyers first and then we're going to sell our home second. So when they go through that Facebook lead ad of a list of homes, one of the key questions I always ask, which is, uh, do you currently own a home? Yes or no. And about 35% of all the leads that come through say, yes, they own a home. And so if we didn't ask that question, we wouldn't be able to identify that we have 35% of these leads are actually possible sellers, right? right. That are looking to buy a home and then sell. So I think that's a way to be able to have lower competition fish upstream, because as we know, statistically, around 80% of homeowners work with the first agent they have a conversation with. Right. So the further downstream you can get, or further, sorry, upstream you can get to where you can actually get in front of people earlier on, and then we target them with content and building that level of authority in front of them increases the odds of having a warmer conversation, being the first one to have a conversation, either intentionally right directly or them just listening to you and then making the decision that they're going to hire you based on the content you put out. Hmm. Okay. Um, these I'm discovering because this is completely off the cuff. I'm thinking, okay, this isn't rapid fire at all because it requires a contextual in-depth answer, which I'm going to ask this one as well. <laughs> um, you've seen the scenario where I'm an LO now listeners listen up. I'm an LO. I'm going to run ads on behalf of or with real estate agents. And when they opt in, they're going to come to me first and I'm going to prequal them. Um, do you have any comments or opinions on that from the standpoint of the buyer's journey or the, the opt-in, you know, the, the, the prospect's journey of like, is that a good user experience or do they just want to get to the thing like without talking to the LL? Okay. Back up a second. So the strategy is yeah. that uh, a lead comes in and it goes to you as the LL. Let's say you're running, let's say you're running any one of these ads. Like it's uh -huh. maybe it's a, a house ad or it could be a, a list of homes for sale. And the first step in the journey, well, once they get the guide or whatever, but at the loan officer is contacting before the agent. I think that's it's in the past two years that's become um, definitely a, a more leading strategy where we've seen with all of our clients, which is that they want to own the conversation and and have a little bit more of a relationship with either the agent they're working with or just be able to own the lead source and and say, hey, this you know this we're we're, we're turning the funnel upside down in a way, right? Okay. That's really acceptable. Good. It's perfectly acceptable. And I, I think it provides some comfort to the prospect as well, because you're providing them and saying, hey, you know, my sole goal here is to really arm you with the resources that you need to make qualified decisions as you move into the next phase of, of you know, your real estate. Yeah, training. so that's good. There's got to be a, a good handoff, a good script or framing. If the ad didn't reference at all or the communication didn't reference like you're going to be talking to so because you know how it is people opt in and they're like well who the hell are you why am i getting this you've right. got to structure that properly right you do there i mean there's and there's no absolute perfect method with it because you know humans are are just so radically different from person to person and right. so there's right. like a, a disqualification almost from if if someone is really hard to to get through the system and, and they resist resist resist, is that really someone that you want to spend your time working with to begin with? I mean, there's we, we all recognize the red flags. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, all right, another um, those hoops, you know, it's another, another another real quick, and then I might have one more. Um, I know this is a, a hot debate. Um, Facebook lead ad forms, right? If I'm saying that correctly, or Instagram, same thing versus driving people to a landing page. Yes. Is it situational or what do you say? 
This is this is where I see a, a big change. One of my predictions for 2024 um, moving forward is landing pages will will start to take a, a back seat, mm-hmm. um, and there's a couple of reasons why. One, uh, landing pages typically so anytime you're sitting traffic off of Facebook and Instagram, they look for 27 unique key identifying items on that website or landing page to verify is, is this something that. Um, meets every all of our standards of a good user experience for our users in, on, on Meta. Right. Is it fast loading? Is it multi-optimized? Does it um, have relevant images? And is the continuity there from the ad copy translating over to what they're promising? Is there a pop-up video? So it looks for all those different things and, it, and then it'll actually go into the quality control of the ad manager and say, hey, let, let the ad auction know that this is not a good user experience because it doesn't have some of these these things. So then it you know, punishes you in the ad auction. The ad doesn't run as well, and, and it gets kind of sluggish and basically you know falls falls short of of your goal. But the lead ad forms are fast, quick, instantaneous, and they're basically really simplified, small landing pages, um, optimized for you know high conversion to get people in and and going going through i don't think that we're going to see a complete um dismantling of landing pages i think what we're going to see is we're going to see more more short form mobile landing pages that are concise and clean and straight to the point with more conversational kind of language um that is is providing resources really really quickly. Um, now, landing pages for like sales pages, I think those still really exist. Websites, those still, you know are are going to need to exist because you're going to need to have something that provides a lot more information. So, for instance, if there's um, someone needs to know about a specific loan program. Right, you really got to spell it out and break it down and, and educate them on what it is. I mean, those are going to need to to exist. But the initial opt-in to get information for something, those the days of like scrolling, 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 you know, through that, it, it, people just don't have the time. You know, the average person sees five thousand ads a day online and offline, and mm-hmm. it, it, you know, there's there's and it's growing rapidly. We're seeing more and more. So there's a lot of um, sensory overload and task overload that we all deal with on a daily basis where we really just want access right. to what, what we're promised. Friction. Yeah, friction. Re- reducing the friction as, as much as, as, as possible. So mm-hmm. I, and I noticed this with some of you know, my favorite marketers over the past several years where you would see these long, 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 long landing pages that would scroll and scroll and you know, the scroll bar would get really short on the right-hand side and it would go on for long copy forever. And now they, you know, everyone's using you know, a landing page that is basically just a, a very short one-pager. Right. It, it may not go you know, below the fold. Right. It's, it's becoming much more clean and efficient and respecting people's time, which is a really critical thing. So you might see both, but I see that links and bios mm-hmm. is becoming more of a landing page replacement where 
you have either Linktree or Milkshake um, or any of them. Yeah. Milkshake or Stan or some of those that basically, you know, really going, okay, this is, you click this, here's the three things, or, you know, three things that I offer that I do. You want this, you want to book a call, boom, click, it goes directly to that. So they're really just bringing a lot of what is your intention directly to the surface and making it more available without having to jump through a lot of different uh, complicated hoops. And so um, I, I personally, I mean, lead at forms is, is my world, but I started off in la- building landing pages. Right. Well, so, things evolve, man. Yeah, things 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 evolve, and and, and I you know I think that that you know, will always flip. But I'm going to have to say, links and bios are replacing landing pages, um, and then so are lead at forms. All right, last one, and unfortunately, um, this isn't necessarily an easy answer as well. So yeah. this means we need to need to potentially have you back. But what about like with the whole consumer journey, lead ad form, let's say, and now you know you're going to move people to like you know DMs, many chat, right, chat tools. What's your quick take on using those as you know part of the journey? Um, I, I think that we're going to see uh, it's going to be really interesting, which is where you have companies leaning into artificial intelligence to answer a lot of questions mm-hmm. you know, you know, for consumers. Um, you know, doing really cool integrations with ChatGPT and, and Zapier to be able to do all that, and I've I've built some. Um, I, I, and also now there's the, you know, this different types of AI voice where voice follow-up and voice right. sales calls, right? Um, the, the, the public will, and it's funny, I judge this bought by um, my nine-year-old daughter, which is that I'm teaching her AI prompt engineering and, and AI tools and and she you know she's she's loving it and she's having fun with it and it's a nightly thing that we do as you know father and daughter to teach her AI but she also is is very much just like I she's like I really don't want AI as a part of my future like I I don't want you know she she the more she comes becomes aware of it the more that she has fun creating the more that she is saying I don't want things in my life um, as AI because I want to be able to engage with things that are real and real matters more. And when it comes into sales, I think we're going to see that, you know, AI bots and AI, you know, voice phone calls and follow-up are really more of just going back to like a, the, fo- the original phone trees where you would call in. It's like press nine for, you know, to talk uh-huh. to so-and-so. Yeah. Right. I think it's almost going to move. It, it, it's basically becoming a, a, a very fancy version of, of that where people are going to say, you know what? Um, I really want to talk to a real human and the pendulum is going to swing to where when it comes mm-hmm. to some of those aspects, you can get so far right now. I have a client that has had a text uh, AI follow-up that has been working for a year, but this, this is a client that has had this previously before they are working with me. And hasn't converted a single deal yet. It's killed deals for them. They had one that said, um, "Hey, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten back to you. Uh, I was in the hospital, and but I'd still like to look at homes. But I'm currently in the hospital, and um, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. But I, want, I still want to see homes." And you know, the bot responded, "Great. You know, do you want to see some homes? You know, this weekend, right? So like instantly, like you know, no sentiment reading, right? Just going to kill the deal right then and okay. there." 
And they were just crushed by that because they couldn't stop the bot fast right, enough to, right. to jump in. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's awful. Yeah, like, you know, it's planning for the future. So now, you know, they're, they're saying we want a human to mm-hmm. answer these phone calls. We want an inside sales agent to, you know, take some of these, you know, calls and text. So I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a role where AI can play a benefit. I don't think it's going to fully replace automating um, the, the first kind of initial uh, long-term follow-up and, and touch points. Yeah, I like how you described it as the phone tree thing, especially when you're dealing with customer service or you're, let's face it, the offshore right language barrier issues. Uh, that's going to think uh, make that process more streamlined for sure. And you know, we, you've heard, I'm sure, many of us have heard the Tesla. AI voice recording, or it sounded like, you know, that one. And my only assumption though, is it's just at one point it it will be almost indetectable whether it's AI or human. Right. Yeah. So it's better. Mm -hmm. It was, sorry, but I think most people, what they, they, they're going to ask questions are, are you a robot? Right. 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 And you'll have the option to get a human or not. And I heard this guy say that in the customer service standpoint, that depending on the context, obviously, you may want an AI instead of a human for right. customer su- support issues or service or just moving to the right department or answer that question, how do I reboot my route, you know, whatever it is, because right. sometimes the list of faces, the, the customer experience for humans, isn't that great? No, yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, so I, mean, I think the jury's still out. We'll, we'll yeah. see. You know, I think we'll get some historical data built around it, you know, and, and yeah. we'll be testing some things at ourselves. You know, there, there's a, a, you know, I may disagree with some of it, um, but it doesn't mean that we, that just because I disagree with it doesn't mean that we shouldn't, you know, I, I'm an AI marketer and there's some of the things within AI, I, I just don't believe in because I feel like it's not going to work. But there's a quote from, um, my, my brother works at Amazon as, as one of the executives and he uh, said that, you know, Bezos has this uh, demand and commitment Um uh, kind of methodology, which is, uh, sorry, disagree, d- disagree and commit uh, methodology, where you may disagree with a certain thing that someone has brought to you within the organization or a client or a customer, but they're more boots on the ground. They're closer to the actual issue itself. And you may disagree with it and, and think it's not going to work. And, and they still validate, you know, or try to validate that we believe it is going to work. So you can say, you know what, I, I disagree, but I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit the resources. I'm going to commit uh, time to it. I'm going to make sure and push this forward just as I would if I fully thought it was going to work and agreed with it. Uh, and and if, it, if it goes right, it goes right. If it goes it goes wrong, I'm not going to say that I told you so. It's it's more of just that, hey, we gave it our, our best. And sometimes you can disagree with it and it still works really well. So that's kind of the, the thought process I have on a lot of AI, which is, I can disagree with some of it, but I'm going to disagree and commit and then see what actually happens. And I'll be pleasantly surprised and enjoy um, and give it the same weird amount of resources. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, man, this is an amazing conversation. I know we could keep riffing, but unfortunately, um, we have reached the end of our time. So once again, I want to give people a shout out to your website where they can go learn more about what you're doing for AI and, and, and ads in a smart way. Once again, that is elevatedrementraining.com. Go there, check it out. And of course, they can find you, Travis Tom. We'll link that up, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. So thanks once again, man, for look at this. I started with a blank page and now I have a full page of notes. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. 
you, you gotta you gotta take a photo of that, upload it to ChatGPT, and say write write this down as a summary note for me. Right there, you go. No doubt. You know that's the that's why. And actually, I'm I, I'm next level is I need to move to a digital note taker, like a Remarkable or something. Right. Yeah. No. Same thing. I'm, I'm I am full old school. As yeah. Those. I know. I know, but I need to get off of that because because it just saves you time. So, Travis, as always, man, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Jeff. You too. Good to see you. All right, listeners. Yep, you bet. You know what to do if you like this episode. Hey, leave us a review. Forward this to somebody, a real estate agent. This will help them add value, help you add value to their business. So, appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Hey, got a question for you. Are you struggling to get engagement and referrals from real estate agents and feeling like you're constantly fighting for business in a crowded market? What if I told you there's a way to attract agents to provide unique value that helps them grow their business and generate referrals on demand, helping you become the dominant loan officer in your local market? Look, I was an originator for over 10 years. I understand the frustration of feeling like you're just another player in a sea of competitors and you're struggling to stand out and get noticed by the agents that you want to attract and engage with. What if I told you there's a way to flip the script and position yourself as the go-to lender in your market, attracting agents, not chasing, not paying for leads, not cold calling, but actually generating referrals on demand. And the best part, you don't have to ever make a cold call or chase leads again. You don't have to work with weenie head agents if you don't want to. This is what we help originators do at the My Agent Classes membership. What do you get? You get exclusive access to our private community of like-minded loan officers where you can network, share best practices, get ongoing support to grow your business, and you get a turnkey platform that helps you build your personal brand that moves you from solicitor and vendor to partner and peer. You attract agents, you increase conversations, and you increase your referrals. All without chasing, without begging, playing the game, or paying for leads, you just by doing what you love to do, which is help other people solve problems. So how do you learn more? Go to mortgagemarketing.pro, book a call with me, and I'll take you through the library of done-for-you agent classes that you can use to just plug and play and follow our proven system of train the trainer. You don't have to be the subject matter expert. Think of yourself like the nightly news reporters just sharing the news. You also get access to our marketing automation platform that will attract, engage, and convert agents to referral partners for you. Scripts, checklists, downloads, automated email, SMS, text messages, uh, done-for-you landing pages, and more. You also get our market maker content, which is the social media images to help you promote your class online. And again, every Friday, our Mortgage Marketing Mastermind call. You get access to top LOs, speakers, coaches, connect and collaborate with what's working right now in today's market to help you grow your business so you don't have to struggle and try and figure it out all on your own. Don't miss the opportunity to learn more about what's helping so many originators succeed and becoming the go-to lender in your local market. Book a call with me now, mortgagemarketing.pro. We'll see you on the other side.